Hi, and welcome to Follow Baptist Church's weekly message podcast. My name's Luke Williams, and I'm the lead pastor, and we're thrilled to have you joining us. We hope the message today inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for his glory. Here's the message. Hi, my name's Andrew. Luke's asked me to share as part of the Advent series on hope. I've been at Follow for about two years now, so still a newbie. It's a pleasure to share with you today. I love Christmas. I always have. I remember laying awake just too excited to sleep. But that was just last year. But even as a child, I remember just lying awake, just so excited. And then waking up in the morning and there's a small stocking at the end of the bed with a few toys and things to play with. It was just so exciting. Then just the day, the excitement around the tree, the hustle around the table at Christmas and all the food and the family and the noise and the fun. So I really had a blessed upbringing. I had parents that loved Christmas too. Dad is probably still the first one awake if, uh, if we're all together. But I love the carols. I love those things. And mum and dad did their best to give us an exciting Christmas, a really exciting Christmas. Whether they had it out of plenty or not, they did everything they could do to give us a great Christmas and to give the kids a great Christmas. And I'm sure that there were times that that was even out of sacrifice from their life. But then as an adult, I married a Christmas fanatic. I always thought we put up our decorations early because Kylie's rule is last Saturday in November, the Christmas decorations go up. And I do the lights out the house and Kylie and the girls do the trees and the garlands and all the other paraphernalia that comes with Christmas and the house takes on that smell of Christmas and the look of Christmas. But this year, it felt like we were falling behind. The rest of the community seemed to have their Christmas decorations up so early compared to us. We stuck to the rules because rules are important. But we felt we were behind. And I wondered why that was. Why were other people so eager to get into Christmas? Why did the decorations go up so early? I think they were looking for hope. They remembered their past Christmases. They remembered Christmas was about joy and they remembered the lights and the decorations and they wanted something to look forward to, something that brought them joy and hope. Because this year has been way harder than we thought. Now we thought in January it was going to be pretty hard with the fires. But Australians can kind of understand fires, we've done it before. But this year was hard and the community was looking for hope. And what better place for hope than Christmas? But for many that hope is found in family and presents and decorations and there's so much more to Christmas and so much more to the hope than those things. The true hope of Christmas is found in the coming of the light of the world, the coming of Jesus. You see, this is what Advent is all about. And I love the term Advent. I love the season of Advent. Most people think that Advent is just a, a chocolate countdown calendar. But Advent is so much more. And it's a term that's come through church history. Advent is the first four Sundays before Christmas. So it does move slightly as to where it sits because of the day of the week. And here's a definition that I found of, of Advent. Advent is a season of liturgical 
year observed for Christian denominations as a time of expectant waiting and preparations for both the celebration of the Nativity of Christ at Christmas and the return of Christ at the Second Coming. Hope is starting to build with that definition, isn't it? And the name Advent was adopted from a Latin word, Adventus, meaning coming arrival. Now, for those that don't understand all of that jargon, that's Christian jargon, liturgical is just basically a structure for the Christian year that many churches walk through each year. And it helps keep them focused on where they're at in the year. So things like Easter and Pentecost and Christmas and those events get woven into what's called the liturgical year. So Advent is a time of expectancy, of waiting, of preparation for the coming Christ. And then he's coming again. It's a time of beginning, a time of excitement, not just for presence, but for Jesus coming into our lives. Now, what becomes even more interesting when you take that Christian history of Advent and you place it over the Jewish festival of lights, or what's often called Hanukkah. It's amazing the links that are in this. So what's Hanukkah? Hanukkah is the remembering when the Israel nation reclaimed the temple in the Maccabean revolt. And they saw them take control of the temple back from the Greeks who had desecrated it. And I think they sacrificed pigs on the altar and did everything they could to um, you know, to destroy the temple and, and desecrate it. When they took it over, they went to relight the temple area with the candles and the candelabras in the temple. But when they got there to do that, there was only enough purified oil remaining that was purified for eight days. So they lit the candle anyway. So there's only enough pure, there's only enough oil for one day. Yet they needed eight days to purify enough oil or to purify more oil because that was what their, their rites and their religion required, that they would take eight days to purify the oil that could be burnt in the temple. So they had one day supply, but they needed to light it. So they lit it anyway. And the beauty of the story is that God came through for them and they, the candles stayed lit for eight days in time for them to have purified more oil and keep going. Now, let's look at the significance for us, because it's a great story, but what's the significance for us? You see, they reclaimed the temple, which was to them God's dwelling on earth. And they do it around this time of year. In fact, just it's just concluding, I believe, as, as you're watching this video. They needed to light the temple, the temple being God's presence on earth. Well, we celebrate the coming of the light of the world. When he came, when Jesus came to live and to be incarnate and live on this world, to actually dwell here. Now, we will have seen the menorah candles, the nine armed candelabra of the Jewish faith. Yet they celebrate eight days for this miraculous lighting of the, the candles. So they celebrate eight days with nine candles. What's the ninth candle called? Well, the ninth candle is the servant candle. And we celebrate Jesus, the suffering servant. The ninth candle is used to light all the other candles of the menorah. 
It's the servant candle. Now, if you would, let's go forward in time a little bit from the nativity scene into the temple and into the Hanukkah celebration with Jesus. And in this lit temple that they kept lit for eight days of the festival, Jesus stands and he says these words in John 8, verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In the middle of a celebration of light, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. In the middle of lighting eight candles with the ninth servant candle, Jesus, the servant leader, sermon series just in servant leadership, says, I am the light of the world. Advent is so much more than chocolate. It is about the light of the world come and coming again. Advent is about hope. The lights, regardless of how people see them that they put all over their house, is about Jesus. It might be pretty. It might make us ooh and ah as we drive around the streets at night. But it is about the coming light of the world. And it's about hope. Because Jesus is hope. And without hope, all we have is despair. But with the hope of Jesus, we have real hope because he is the light of the world. So I'd like to look at the two of the central characters of the Christmas story, Mary and Joseph, and their hope. Let's see what we can learn about hope from them. I wonder what Mary hoped for as she went about her day. I doubt she was looking for an angel. I imagine she hoped that one day, just one day, they would live free of the Roman oppression. I imagine she had hopes for her wedding day and her future with Joseph. Most brides, that's all they're thinking about. But as she went about her day, an angel appeared to her. Now, I've never seen an angel, but just about every time in the Bible that an angel appears, the angel's first words are, do not fear. So it would be a fair bet to say that it took her by surprise. I'd like to read from the message translation just to give a different spin on what is a very familiar section of the Bible from Luke chapter 1, 28 and 31. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. God be with you. She was thoroughly shaken. I bet she was. Wondering what was behind a greeting like that. But the angel assured her, Mary, you have nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. You'll become pregnant, give birth to a son, and call his name Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but that is a message that would give me some serious concerns. And in that time, for a, a woman to receive a message like that, she would have feared for her life. Both from the retribution of Joseph, but just childbirth itself. But Mary had hope. The angel's words struck into Mary's heart 
and gave her hope. And he went on and he said, He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will rule Jacob's house forever. No end ever to his kingdom. Mary, given all of this information, having had her mind set at ease, then says to the angel, Yes, I see it all now. I am the Lord's maid, ready to serve. Let it be with me, just as you say. Now, I think it's important to note, I don't think Mary fully understand all that we understand looking backwards. We have this great benefit of seeing what's come before and seeing what happened at the end of Jesus' life. But for Mary, she probably believed this was the beginning of the end of the oppression of the Romans. Finally, their leadership and their governance would be overturned and her son was going to be the catalyst of it. This pregnancy would come the reinstatement of the throne of David in Jerusalem. And she was right. David's throne was going to be reinstated. But little did she know it was a far greater hope that had been given. It was at this very moment that the world changed for eternity. It was at this very moment of the conception within Mary that the history of the world hinges. There is only before this moment in Mary's life and after this moment in the history of the world, at this moment of conception, God became incarnate embryonic, but human. At this very moment, God comes to earth as a man. It is at this very minute of history that the hope was beginning to be fulfilled. It's amazing. It's like the hinge of the history of the world on this very moment as an angel appears to Mary. And Mary has the courage to say yes. What about Joseph? Well, we probably all know what Joseph was hoping for. Much like Mary, he was hoping for freedom from Roman taxes. Freedom as he leaves his mum and dad and is united with Mary. He hoped for a family and an heir. He hoped for a home. And then he gets news that throws him into a complete spin. His hopes may have changed. Can he save his reputation? Can he minimise the damage? Why would Mary do this to him? How could he believe her? And then just as with Mary, when God speaks, hopes change. And again, I'll go to the message translation just for uh, a freshness to the words. This is from Matthew chapter 1. Verses 20 and 23. While he was trying to figure a way out, he had a dream. God's angel spoke in the dream. Joseph, son of David, don't hesitate to get married. Mary's pregnancy is spirit conceived. God's Holy Spirit has made her pregnant. She will bring a son to birth. And when she does, you, Joseph, will name him Jesus. God saves because he will save his people from their sins. This would bring the prophet's embryonic sermon to full term. 
Watch for this. Because a virgin will get pregnant and bear a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, Hebrew for God with us. It's in the Christmas story that God comes. That hope for the world, the whole world comes. It is in the faith acceptance of the angels' words that Mary and Joseph put their hopes and dreams aside to pursue God's hope. But what is our hope? The wonder of Christmas is found in Jesus. Our hope is just the same as this first hope. Christmas can be the same for us as it was for Mary and Joseph. It's an opportunity to put aside our despair and fill it with God's hope. The plans we have can become so much more when we allow God into them. Our hope is in the come and coming Jesus. It is in the then, the now, and the to be. And like Joseph, it can seem unbelievable. But we hope in one who saved us. We hope in one who has saved all. Mary must had to put aside her fear and fill it with hope. So we can look at a world that seems headed for destruction. We can have hope. When we fear all is lost, we can have hope. Because our hope is in God. Our hope is not in politicians. Our hope is not in a vaccine. Our hope is not in money or work. Our hope is in Jesus. It's in the midst of the hardest times that hope is clearly more contrast. And that's what we've seen in community as they pursue hope. Christmas seems to have taken a different level of feeling this year because people are looking for hope in the midst of what has been a dark and hard year. They have found hope in the Christmas story. And just as Mary carried the light of the world within her, we carry this light within us. Where we go, we take Jesus. Where we go, we take the influence of God into a dark and despairing world, looking for hope. What are your hopes? Are you prepared to let God into your dreams? Are you prepared to change your hope for God's hope? If you do, Jesus can change your world. Jesus can change the world. You see, we can enjoy Christmas. We can love the food and the turkey. We can love the ham. We can love the lights and the decorations and the gifts. We can enjoy giving and receiving of gifts. It is all great. But in the end, we must be like Joseph and Mary. And I think it's best summed up at the end of Matthew chapter 1. Then Joseph woke up. He did exactly what God's angel commanded him in the dream. Go and do likewise. Carry Jesus, the hope of the world, into Christmas, into your life. Would you pray with me? Creator God, 
You stepped from heaven to earth that very first Christmas. May we take your light into the world, taking hope into despair, light into darkness, assurance into fear. And may this Advent and this Christmas see our hopes replaced with your hopes and see the community come to know you. Amen. I wish you a Merry Christmas. May these next few days be joyous and may you have a wonderful celebration on Christmas Day. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.